Hi everyone, I'm Claire Liu and I'm the CEO of Know Your Company. And today I am so excited to have with me Anne Collins, who is the director of talent strategy at MailChimp, possibly one of my favorite companies, I think a lot of people's favorite companies. So I happened to meet Anne, yeah, at a conference this past year in Austin. And it was amazing to hear, first of all, what her role is in the organization. So as the director of talent strategy with MailChimp now being uh, 900 people and counting. Uh, she manages uh, employer brand and the employee experience. And I'll, you know, let her talk a little bit about that, but really excited to have her here and to ask her this one question about leadership. So, Anne, thanks again for, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Claire. Um, I enjoyed meeting you at the Culture Body Conference as well. So I'm flattered you wanted to talk to me. Oh my gosh, of course, of course. So, all right, Anne, I've got this one question for you about leadership. And it's okay. <laughs> if there's something you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader, what would you say that is? Uh, that's a really good question. So kind of talking to my to my younger self about leadership. It sounds yeah. like you're asking me. Yeah. Um, and that's fun to ask me that because here at MailChimp, I end up um, talking with a lot of employees here about like things I learned early in my career, um, mm -hmm. whether it be leadership management style feedback, uh, what yeah. have you. I think, I think um, I would tell my younger self to really embrace failure. Um, there's a really good saying, let's see if I can remember. Um, you learn much more from a single defeat than from a thousand victories. So I think um, earlier in my career, I, I would have you know, not been, obviously no one's excited about failure or not meeting a goal, um, but not sweeping that under the rug and talking about it. So um, just really embracing failure and understanding how you learn and grow from those failures, I think is what I would tell people to learn early in their career. Like own failures, talk about them, debrief with your team on, even if the whole project wasn't a failure, what you could have done better. Um, and not try to just make everything shiny and pretty because we know business and leadership is not always perfect and shiny and pretty. So um, we all have failures all the time, personally and professionally. And I think that's something that I really encourage people to talk about. Um, in fact, yes, we we introduced a really cool program here last year. Um, Part of my role is employer brand. So really amplifying what makes MailChimp a special place to work to yeah. the outside world yes. um, and, and we want I think the key to a, a, an authentic employer brand is making sure that you're really telling the true story like don't make it too perfect make it who you are hmm. um, and the best way to do that is to get employees out in the wild talking about MailChimp yes. um, whether it be technical talks or speaking about our culture um, or just being an impact when you're at a conference or out in the wild. So yeah. um, we have this really cool speaker training program at MailChimp. And one of the things we did last year is introduce an internal program called Fail Tips. Um, mm -hmm. And it's basically a lunch and learn format where six to eight employees do a five minute or less talk on a personal or professional failure. You wouldn't believe like the waiting list I have for people that are willing mm -hmm. to talk about yeah. their failures and how they learned and grew from that. So. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely something I think we're doing well at MailChimp is looking yes. at how we can do things better and not sweeping the things that didn't go well under the rug. Absolutely. I think um, 
No, I, I, so I love this topic of failure when it comes to leadership, because I think you talk to, uh, you talk to some entrepreneurs and some leaders and they'll tell you that, uh, they actually don't really even believe in the word failure and that there's no real failures, but all they really are really expensive mistakes. So a lot of, uh, uh, leaders actually even reframe the way they look at failure as just being, well, no, this is just how you actually learn. And Failure has just, you know, such this, you know, such a negative connotation. And so I love your emphasis uh, on this. I'm curious, Anne, so for you personally in your journey and career, uh, you know, to, to be as you become a leader, when did this click for you? Like, did something happen or did you watch something unfold or did you experience something where you went, oh my gosh, I need to wake up and make sure that I'm not sort of sweeping failures under the rug? Like, when did you, re- when did it really hit you how important this was? I'm not sure there was a specific aha moment. I've yeah. had, you know, I can kind of count on, I can, I can talk, you know, with some degree of accuracy and with the, still feeling the pain of the failure about four or five different things, but um, I can remember at a, at a different company, this is not at MailChimp, um, where I was head of recruiting and we had to hire, where we were hiring a leader um, in a role that was sort of struggling. It was a young startup and we felt like we needed somebody with a stronger personality to really motivate people. And so mm. we interviewed and hired a woman that had a very strong personality um, that at the time seemed like the fix. Um, once we got her in and onboarded, it became apparent quickly that her style was just too different than our cultures and that it, she wasn't listening to that culture and sort of adjusting her style. And instead of motivating the employees, which is what we really wanted her to do, she was demotivating. So our executive team at that company made a really good quick decision to go ahead and terminate that relationship and then talk to that team about our failure to them. Mm-hmm. And I think talk, talk, being very, very clear about we made a mistake yes. and this is what we're going to do differently in the next hire. We're going to listen to your feedback because there was some concern um, from this person's direct reports during the hiring process that it was too different than our style and, and, and we glossed over that. So they were very appreciative of that. And I always feel like that even here at MailChimp, when we've mm-hmm. pushed something too hard and didn't get the right feedback, when we stop and listen and say, wow, you were right. We really should have asked you before we implemented this policy. Let's change it. We get the most way. A, you get this level of forgiveness and trust um, from your fellow employees when you admit that failure and adjust um, that you just can't buy. Right. It's it's that's probably the best way we've built trust um, here and in other roles is by admitting our shortcomings and adjusting quickly. So um, that's that's a story of many years ago where a, a hiring failure um, sort of taught me a lot. I actually, in between that company and coming to work for MailChimp, I had a small business failure. So I started a, um, a line of um, clothing for um, mothers and um, it was clothing and, and fun accessories. Um, it was going very well, well. and then 2008 happened <laughs> and um, I decided to close that business. It was very painful because I had really aligned myself with that brand. I was very proud of that um, but I, I made a tough decision to quickly get out of that and that was sad. That was really hard for me and it's still sometimes hard for me to even like see 
see references to that part of my life and be like, oh, that, that was. But what I've realized, actually, when we did this fail tips program, and I I bared my soul to the Mailchimp employees and told them how hard that was, is that wow, it led me to Mailchimp. And Mailchimp's um, vision is to empower small businesses. It's empower the underdog, which in our definition is small businesses. So I feel that pain. I can empathize with small businesses now. And even though my role is not directly product focused, it makes me really aligned with the company I love. And so if I hadn't had that small business failure, I wouldn't know the 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 things small business owners have to do every day just to keep the lights on. Um, so that failure led me to MailChimp. So um, I, I know I'll have more failures, right? And I think I'm that much more resilient, you know? Yeah. It, it's just... It, made me that much more humble. It makes you think. It makes you get more input and feedback before you make decisions. Hmm. So I, I, I am not a failure, but I embrace failure. <laughs> I, absolutely. I mean, I think um, both those stories um, are sort of amazing windows into understanding how unexpectedly failure leads you to your point of greater feedback, greater insights, better decisions. And then also just ultimately mm -hmm. a better path for what you want to be doing. And in the moment, it never feels like that. Like, let's be clear, right? right. So to everyone who's watching, it never feels like that in the moment. It feels terrible. Yeah. So my question to you, Anne, is then for for uh, current leaders and aspiring leaders who are watching this and who struggle with being vulnerable, who struggle with, uh, who maybe, I mean, let's be real, they're in a high pressure situation. Uh, there's maybe a lot of money on the line. You know, there's a ton of competitors. Uh, everything needs to be moving really quickly. They're trying to attract and, and retain the best talent. How can you afford to be admitting all the time all your mistakes? What would you say to, to anyone who's watching who's skeptical about sort of doing this in practice? Because in theory, it's great, right? Sounds good. Yeah. You know, maybe doing it here and there once in a while is good. But you're talking, I think, a lot about being a, little, a lot more rigorous about admitting shortcomings and failures. So what would you say to, to, to anyone who might be sort of skeptical about doing this in practice? Yeah, I think with anything you have to, like, apply sparingly, right? So mm -hmm. um, your team needs to have confidence in you. And we certainly don't have to, like, show every bit of vulnerability. But vulnerability goes so far in leadership, I think. And I think what... I've found is when I have or leaders that I work with or support do admit failures or shortcomings or missteps, sometimes it's just a misstep, it's not a full failure, that you really get this like loyalty from your employees that, that, that again, I think I said earlier, you can't buy or you can't teach, that yes. it really rallies them to get behind you and help you and not and the entire organization not let that happen again because failures should not be repeat failures right you should learn from every failure and 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 think about how you're not going to let that specific failure happen again so if, if if you have confidence in saying this is where we screw things up here's how we're not going to do it again I think you get the most amazing engagement mm. with the people you manage and lead. absolutely but I mean yes, I, I, I do think yeah. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, as, as leaders, we can be often hyper self-critical. So to sort of admit every single small dent in, you know, in, in the porcelain isn't isn't what we're going for here. But yeah. to your point, I think one of my personal greatest uh, sort of uh, moments of progress that I've made as a leader is I remember we made a really big mistake with 
you know, your company maybe three or so years ago with, with our code base. And we accidentally revealed all these private answers that people weren't supposed to see. And it was this huge mistake and it affected hundreds of CEOs. And there were two options. We could either tell folks that this happened because people weren't aware. No one noticed it. Or we could just not say anything and just fix it and move on. And we had a really big debate about this with our team internally about what we should do. And I remember what uh, you know we were faced with was, well, do we admit it publicly or just, yeah, or, or is, is it fine and should we just gloss over it? And what I uh, ended up doing is I remember calling um, Jason Fried, who's the CEO of Basecamp, and he sits on our board. And I remember calling Jason and telling him the situation. And he all he said is he asked me this question. And which is, he said, what kind of company do you want to be? He said, I love situations like this because it forces you to ask that question. And the minute he said that, that's when I knew what I was going to do. So I you know, decided to be really transparent about what happened. Uh, you know, I told all our customers exactly what happened. And the response was fascinating. Uh, I braced myself expecting it to be angry. And to your point, it was the exact opposite. People were so appreciative. They said, Claire, thank you so much. You know, mistakes are made while you're doing work. Like, don't even worry about it. And it created this greater sense of loyalty. And so almost what uh, what that story to me makes me think about is it's not just asking the question, what kind of company do you want to be? But it's also asking the question, what kind of leader do you want to be? And to your point, Anne, you know, when you're in those yeah. moments of, of, oh, should I say something or should I not? Asking that question can hopefully help people decide whether or not to, to divulge something. So thank you for, yeah, for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's a great story. And I think, you know, being, I always tell, I have two teenage daughters and I tell them a lot. I'm sure they get annoyed by it. I say, <laughs> I always say, don't just be good on paper, paper, be good in real life. And that's mm. an example of being good life. Um, and I think people trust you. I mean, your customers probably have this greater sense of trust with Know Your Company um, when you're going to tell them something like that. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's a great story. Well, thank you. Um, like I said, it's something, yeah, failure, you fall flat on your face and, and you learn from it. Uh, yeah. One last question for you here, Anne, because, you know, you are such an expert around thinking about uh, the employer brand and how you, you know, to your point, take what already exists within an organization and, and, and expose that outward. When it comes to being vulnerable, when it comes to failure, or just in general, what should leaders who are watching this, who unfortunately don't have you on their team and a director of talent strategy on their team, like what are some things that they should be thinking about? Uh, small things, big things, to create an employer brand that really reflects what their true, uh, true experience as employees are. So I've been in this role two years at MailChimp and, you know, I handle things from what is our jobs page look like to from a social perspective, how do we show what life at MailChimp is like um, to how do we show up at conferences? Um, for instance, we um, are a huge fan of the Grace Hopper conference that's all female engineers once a year. How do we show up there authentically and um, and really support not just hiring people, but the community. MailChimp's very into community and supporting community side of things. And how do you do that in a way that attracts people that would be a great cultural complement to MailChimp, but that is true to who you really are? So knowing your company, there's a little pitch for you. Um, really understanding like, like what your values and vision and mission are and making sure that's woven into everything you're putting out there about your employer brand. Yes. You know, and really 
I think the mistake a lot of companies make is making it glossier and prettier and um, idealistic, like what they want to be. Hmm. And I think it's much better to put a great, like, realistic view of what it's like and have people get here, decide to join you and find that it's actually much better yes. than they even thought and that you really are living true to those things. So yes. um, not hmm. pumping things up too much, not not selling perks and things that aren't that important to your culture, but really selling like for us, it's like that connection with a small business owner. It's being really engaged in community. It's giving employees impactful things to work on. Right. Um, it's not the ping pong table because we have that. It's not, you know, the benefits that we have are great. It's really the type of work and the type of people and the engagement you're going to get here. Yes. So, um, and we constantly ask new hires. We have a great onboarding program. We constantly ask them like, what brought you here and what surprised you now that you've been here for a month and we get mm. great answers sometimes sometimes like mm, you know I kind of thought it would be working on this and once I got here I figured out this is how you do things um, so we love it when an employee feels comfortable enough after 30 days to say it was not quite what I thought like maybe you shouldn't put this out there about yourself yeah so uh, talk to your new employees like yeah you, you'll get a great feel how you, what your employer brand is like if you get them in the first week and then say three months later yeah. to say, you know, are we aligned with what we're putting out there? Right. No, I love that asking that question two to three months later of what surprised you now that you've been here. That really uncovers mm -hmm. what what's the disparity between the, your perception of the company and then the reality and then doubling down on, OK, what's real? So I think that's immensely helpful. Well, and thank you we've, we've so just, much. Yeah. Yes. For your thoughts. Oh, sorry. I was kind of cutting you off there. <laughs> No, no. I was going to say, like, I think there's especially today when so many of us are focused on diversity and inclusion and especially the inclusion side of things. Yes. But that's really important. Your brand that, that people feel like they're part of the story when they get here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for everything you shared. It's so helpful to, to think about and rethink uh, failure and make sure that we're prioritizing how we talk about that. And then so many yeah, great insights about making sure that our brands as companies are, are true and not just what we want them to be, but are real. So thank you so much again. And we so appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet.